more fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Join us, I always am, by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How's it going? Claude Rains was the Invisible Man. You got a, you got another one. Here we go. More universal. Yay! I, I'm fitting as many as I can in here. So we're in person. Brett came to my house. We're going to knock out some Throbtobers today. And he goes, we're just staring at the shelf. And... Yep, of course. I saw your eyes go to the Universal Collection. Like, that's what we're watching, isn't it? Well, I saw the Universal Collection. Then I also saw your Frankenstein Collection. So it was like between those two. And then Anna was like, well, why don't you do the Invisible Man or one of these? And uh, Greg's like, no, because he's just going to pick one of those. I'm not going to pick that. Yeah, I never pick, even though I like the Universal movies. In the, I think I did pick one. But I typically don't pick them because I'm like, well, Brett's going to pick them all anyway. So I don't need to pick it. I think you pick Creature. Yes. Yeah. Which we were also talking of, like, most of the black and white movies we've done is, like, Bella Lugosi movies. But it's like, well, we did Night of the Living Dead, Creature, that's not a Bella movie. No. Frankenstein, the first one. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. But The Invisible Man from 1933, directed by James Whale. Oh my god, it's James Whale from Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> The Old Dark House. The Old Dark House is very, like, underrated. Was James Whale a large man? Because he's a whale. Yeah, like, because <laughs> no. I feel like that'd be extremely unfortunate. Like, what if you happened to be heavy, like, and your name was James Whale? It's like that, like, of the time, like, skinny, like, face man. Yeah, because there was no food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm just thinking about that. Like, poor guy if he was fat. Yeah, really. But have you seen this one before? No, this was a great pick. No, I've already, this is the fourth time this year I've watched it so far of as of recording. I've seen The Invisible Man, not this year, not for a good while, actually, but yes, I've seen it. Because Finn Gooley, not long ago, covered it, and I love his, like, coverage of this movie. He has, like, a lot of good, like, insights and whatnot. Yeah. So, like, I've watched that, like, twice by itself. No, this movie's really fun. Um, I guess we'll just jump into this thing, right? Yeah. Let's record this fucker. Alright, so it's winter time, it's snowy out, there's a pub or bar, or whatever you want to call it, and The Invisible Man walks in. Not... Revealed as an invisible man, yeah, but he has all the bandages, the fake nose. I love, I love the fake nose, because also Greg's copy is the Blu-ray copy. So a lot of stuff stands out that wouldn't on, like, my DVD or VHS copy. Yes, you see a lot. A lot of wires and stuff were more visible and everything like that. It does a really quick, like, sweeping of the bar, too, of, like, people are just playing darts on, like, an extremely ancient-looking dartboard. This bar's a hopping place. There's yeah. a lot of people in there. Well, it's nothing else to do for miles. Yes. Just listen to the one lady scream. <laughs> he walks in as a cliche, the bar goes silent. Even the music and everything stops. Oh, yeah. And, the, um, what's it? He wants a room immediately. Well, I don't know if we have a room. I want a room and a fire. And a hot meal. He's very bossy. Yes. It's, at the very beginning, he is just very bossy and stern, but he hasn't gone, like, Rah! yet. <laughs> What's this lady's name? The lady from Bride of Frankenstein? Um, Her name's Jenny in the movie. Una O'Connor. Uh, she's great, because she, at first, like, we don't have a room, but you can get one ready. She does. She has to open a comical amount of doors to get out from behind <laughs> the bar to the stairs, like, thump, thump open, open, open. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> as soon as this movie began, I'm like, Greg, you're gonna recognize one of these actresses. And he's like, which one? And it's like, oh, of course, yeah. Yes. As soon as she comes on screen, it's like, she's horrible, but chews the scenery and is amazing. Yep. 
They go up to the room. He's asking about his luggage. It'll be sent tomorrow. There's no way to get it today. No, it'll be there tomorrow. Right. And, yeah, he wants, like, a hot meal immediately, but also to be left alone. Yeah, he, she brings his, new, his meal up, and he asks, is there a key to the room? Like, not, I don't think it even came with a key. I, not since we've been here there, governor. <laughs> he goes, I wish to be left alone. Peace and quiet. Okay. And she goes back downstairs and realizes the person making the meal forgot the mustard. Like, ah, no, I gotta go back up there. He just wants solitude and to be left alone. And He's she, already complained about his peace and quiet. Now you forgot the mustard. And she goes back up to the room. She opens the door, and it's like she caught him in the middle of something terrible because he's unwrapping his bandages, and he's only to his lower jaws revealed, but it's just gone, obviously. He's yeah. Invisible man. Ah! It's he's like screaming. when J Rock got uh, in Trailer Park Boys, got like walked in, we was jerking off, and he's like, ah! yeah, exactly. with the blanket. <laughs> just like that. And she's back downstairs gossiping with all the other bar patrons. She's like, must have been in a terrible accident under all those bandages, like thinking he lost his jaw or something. Yeah. Like nothing ever goes on in this bar. So, like, a new person came in. This is the gossip of the week. Yeah, exactly. Well, because he even mentions later of, like, your people won't stop peeking through the peepholes, trying to look through the windows. Like, everyone's interested in this new person. Counterpoint, why don't you go somewhere else then? Yeah, why are you immediately setting up here where it's like, stay here for maybe a night and be like, okay, this one's way too busy. Find, like, a nice little cottage or something. Exactly. Well, we cut to Flora and Dr. Cranley, who was her father, She's all worried about Jack. I guess it's her boyfriend and everything. And all they, we know is he's out working on experiments somewhere. And Jack's co-worker, the other assistant to Dr. Cranley, um, Dr. Kemper? Is that it? Yeah, Dr. Kemp. Dr. Kemp. No, Dr. Kemper would do bad things with yes. severed heads. That's correct. <laughs> That's why my head went there. Dr. Kemp is... Kind of putting the moves on Flora here at the beginning. Yeah, he's but def- never brought up again. He's definitely like trying to put on some moves, and she's like, "How dare you!" And like starts sobbing and throws herself on the couch. Yes. Um, back at our hotel slash bar, the lady comes up with a tray of food. Like, take it away. It's lunch. Lunch is at one o'clock, and it is one o'clock. And she <laughs> starts opening the door, and he gets so angry, he yells at her, like push, smacks the tray out of her hand, and everything. Like, like stomps her feet, goes running downstairs, telling um, what's his name? What the bar dude? Yeah, yeah, the bartender. The the bartender, her husband, like Mister Hall, like he's out now. I don't care. He swore at me and knocked a tray out of my hand. He broke my fine china. Yes, and so here, here write him up three pounds and ten. Get him out of here. Super cheap room. Yes, and uh, and especially compared to later, they're offering a thousand pound reward. For the Invisible Man. Yeah. Which I just always imagine that the British people have to carry around different pounds of rocks. And like if they if it's a 10 pound like bottle of something, here's a 10 pound rock for you. Like they're still in the Stone Age. UK listeners, please confirm for us. Do you have to carry around different sets of weights depending on the pounds? Well, the Queen says. I don't think they get because pounds to them isn't a measurement. I think that's just an American thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just always think they of don't rocks. understand this is U.S. humor because we don't get metric. Yeah. Soccer. <laughs> but he goes up and is kicking him out, and he kind of pleads with him for a little bit here. He's like, please don't kick me out and everything. Doesn't work. Well, he's like, I will pay you as soon as I get the money. He's like, you said that last week. And money hasn't come. And he 
throws him down the stairs. This scene is hysterical, dude. It reminds me of stepbrothers when they're sleeping and throw the dad down the stairs yeah. and everything. Because immediately Jenny, the girl, the woman from Bride of Frankenstein's like, that's what she's known for. Like, is she the original Scream Queen? She like, has a very notable Scream. Yeah, and she does it so many times throughout this movie, and I love it more every time. Yes. But the the mob downstairs goes to get the policeman, and he goes up to get him, followed by half of this mob. Oh, the Like, the entire town is walking up the stairs of this tavern. Like, nothing... This is the greatest thing that's happened in a decade. Yeah, th- this is like the, the news. Someone got thrown downstairs. Yes. And they go back in and he's ju- he starts taking off all his bandages. Like, you want to see something terrifying? He throws his fake nose at him. <laughs> I love that he throws the nose. Yes. And they start taking off his bandages and they all scream and run away. And they kind of regroup downstairs and he goes, it's just visible. That's invisible. That's all. We better get him before he gets it's, completely naked. It's great because at one point he's just a shirt chasing them around that's like right comedically. Because yeah, they go back up and that's what it is. It's just a shirt like chasing them around the room and like kind of three stooges esque them like bonking oh, each other trying to get him and everything. Very much so. Which this is a great point of this invisible man doesn't have like a special suit he puts on. No. He just turns invisible. So you still see clothes on him. So every time he's completely invisible, he's just running around naked. Yes, which they don't shy away from. They bring it up a lot. And this is also, like, dead a winner. Yes. They make it as to where, like, he couldn't have had this happen in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> somewhere sunny to work on this. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He gets away. Well, he does tell him about. He starts like kind of villain monologuing a lot throughout this movie. Yeah, because he does tell them that he injects this formula once every day and everything like that into his arms to stay this way. He chokes out the cop and leaves, scaring everyone else. He causes mayhem on his way out of here. But he starts loving his like dictator speeches of like his big villain monologues of like, and then I will conquer the world. Oh yeah. Dude, he goes downstairs, he's knocking over glasses and everything. You just see a bike riding with no one on it, and you're he stole my bike! And then I love he, th- he like, wrecks the bike, throws the bike on people, then he takes a broom, and he's like, how's this a hairbrush for you? And then, um... <laughs> he tips a baby over! He tips a baby over, it starts crying, he starts laughing about that, and then next, he just takes an old man's hat and throws it in the pond. So it goes from tipping a baby over to, like, hi- old man hijinks. Man, this is great. I love this so much. I want a whole movie of just this. Yeah. Like him just going town to town causing chaos. And so many of these movies would like say, because he goes on later, like, I can derail a train. I will steal money from the banks and blah, blah, blah. Most, most of these movies would just tell you about it and they would never actually get to it. Yeah. We see it in this one. Oh, it's great. I love it. But... Dr. Cranley and Dr. Kemp are searching for clues for where Jack is. They don't know it's him yet, this invisible man. Uh, we find They go through his lab and they find a note of a list of ingredients. And mm-hmm. one of them is monocane. 
right which is derived from some plant somewhere far away but the whole thing is it can change colors and stuff like that suck the colors of things around it and they tried it on a dog it turned the dog ghastly white like marble but the thing is also made him extremely aggressive and mad right and that's i love that they play with that throughout all the invisible man movies except for the invisible agent fuck that movie the only movie that's ever made me turn off Spinguli. i'm like this is just so bad i've never seen it it's so terrible but it is fun of, like, not only does it make the person invisible, you could have fun with that. They're also insane! Yes. <laughs> well, because or else it's just going to be a dude who's invisible. Yeah. Because I've always said that, like, it is odd that we lump the invisible man with the universal monsters. Yeah. It's just a dude. It's a dude that's invisible and he's, like, crazy. Yeah. Monster, okay. But that night, Kemp hears the radio about this town that's having delusions about an invisible man. The whole town has gone crazy. Yeah, I love that they think there's something wrong with the water supply or something. Like, there's a mass um, hysteria going on with the town. Not that, like, there could possibly be something. It's like the cop from Killer Clowns. Like, the whole town's calling him, saying something about Killer Clowns. And he's like, ah, you're all stupid. You're you're not getting me. Do you remember that town that all swore they saw a leprechaun? Oh, yeah. And then, and then the police sketch was literally drawn on, like, notebook paper. Like, a kid's drawing of a leprechaun. Like, amateur sketch of what the assailant looked like. The one guy had, like, a steel pipe. He's like, this is a leprechaun flute. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that's seen the leprechaun say, hey! But um, Jack shows up at Dr. Kemp's house at night and starts talking to him. He's completely naked, by the way, because you can't yes. see any of them. And he fixes the fire, lights a cigarette, and asks him for some clothes, bandages, other supplies, and things like he's this. Like, because you'll feel much better if you can see me. Isn't that right, Kemp? Yeah. <laughs> As he's, like, scooting the chair closer to him. <laughs> he gets his pajamas, and he tells him, don't try anything, because I'm strong, and I'll strangle you. Yeah, that's something, too, that they bring up in later Invisible Man movies, but not a whole lot in this one, is it's supposed to also make you very strong. Oh, okay. But the police inspector is at the bar to try to get to the bottom of this and why they're all crazy. It's great because he asked the old man that had his hat thrown in the pond. He's like, have you had any drinks? It's like, I only had a couple. It's like, ah, so a couple drinks and a strong wind and you think there's an invisible man. Like, he's like uh, debunking everybody. Yes. But Jack and Kemp are sitting by the fire and he's explaining everything and starts villain monologuing some more, which he does a lot throughout this movie. And he wants Kemp to be his visible partner. Cause I'll right. need someone who can be seen for certain things. And they're going to start a wave of terror. Cause he starts going on to like, I can't go into the cities because the soot will lay on me and you can see a fine mist. And I can't go out on rainy days or misty days or all these other things. It has to be like perfect weather for him to go out. Yeah, and then later we have the explanation about when he eats, he has to wait an hour and stuff like this. Yeah. Or there's be food floating around, shoot up food. <laughs> It'd just be funny if, because they do it to a point where they're like, once it's digested, it's fine. Well, it would be funny if there's just like floating poop around. <laughs> it <until laughs> <he> poops. <laughs> that, that's something I thought He has to get of. a colonic every day. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> Mr. Hanky? <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's also like he was smoking, so I guess that doesn't show up. Yeah, you'd think you'd see, like, the smoke go in and out, yeah. like, go down and puff in his lungs. Because but... they do some really good effects in this, so they might have been able to pull it off, but who knows. Yeah. But he wants to go back to the village with the bar in he was at to get his books with all his research notes and everything like that. So, remember, this is where all the town's being questioned, too. 
So his plan is he's going to sneak in and drop the books out the window for Kemp to get. Right. And he does. He drops well, all of them outside. This is also like he shows up to Kemp's house. Yes. It's like tells him his plan. Tells him like. You're my partner now. You're my partner now. Go get me my bandages, clothes, some pajamas. Um, this is the classic Invisible Man look. Yeah. That a lot of times people think of in the robe and when stuff. When you think of him, like, and when they make toys and stuff, that's what he looks like. Yeah. But he then tells him more of his plan and then immediately gets undressed again to leave. Yes. So it's like all of this in half an hour. He is insane because who wants to go through all that effort? <laughs> I did like on the way there, he's like, and I want a hot towel, like a blanket, because he's going to be freezing and he's yeah. naked. It's like George Costanza. I just got out of the pool! <laughs> <laughs> but. After he drops all the books out, he just starts causing mayhem at the bar. He threw his ink <laughs> in the one cop's face. And then, like, this is the more silly one, and this is the one where he actually kills the cop and everything. Yeah. He strangles him and bonks him in the head with a chair, but then later describes as, I bashed his head in. But no, he kind of just bonked him with the chair. Jenny, the old uh, bar woman, of course, jumps up on the table and just spins around screaming. Yes. Just, ah! As she's getting bonked in the head with, like, beer glasses, um, random things, like pieces of food and stuff, he's just throwing stuff everywhere. Yeah. I also love, it's the cop that was, like, uh, poo-pooing everyone, and he's, like, moving the ink around, so it's like, he fucks with him first. He moves his ink every time he tries to dip his pen in it. Yeah. Supposedly, also, Dwight Fry is somewhere in this movie as a reporter, I've spotted him before, but I forget where he was this time. Uh, I think I know where he would have been, and there's only one scene with a lot of reporters. But poor Dwight Fry, too, of, like, not that long ago, you were, like, so amazing in Frankenstein, and now you're already the uncredited reporter? Maybe he was just hanging out that day working on something else. Well, he really... You think Bella's career went downhill quick? Dwight Fry's was, like, way more. I know he got super upset about being typecast. Yeah. But... We cut to police blindly searching the woods where they're just like have bats and batons hacking at bushes and trees trying to hit them. Alright, well our first plan of action is we're going to take these sticks and wave them around and see if you hit anything. You get this radio montage of everyone here and the police talk about the Invisible Man's reel and there's a 1,000 pound reward for anyone who leads to his capture. I love the one, it's like a husband and wife sitting by the radio in the fire. And the husband, it's like the old school manly thing of like, he stands up, he just grabs a stick and goes walking out of the house like, I'm gonna get him. (laughs) (laughs) That night, the Invisible Man is asleep and Kemp calls Dr. Cranley and he's going to come, him and Flora. And then he calls the police, but then Jack comes downstairs and finds him, oh, I couldn't sleep. But Flora and Cranley arrive, and it's like, Jack has to be reminded, by the way, Jack is the Invisible Man. Yes. Yeah, lost here. Like, Jack has to be reminded, oh yeah, you had a girlfriend. Like, yeah. Oh, but they're so excited to see her, but he completely forgot about her. He's like, oh, Flora, that's right, send her right up. Of like, it's almost reminded me also the next scene of, it's like Anakin talking to Padme. A little like, bit, yeah. I can be stronger now. Because she goes upstairs and just talks to him by themselves. And he starts really going on, but he's going to perfect this formula and then sell it to whatever nation will pay the most. And they will have an army of invisible soldiers. Everyone's frightened of me. The nations are frightened of me. The world's frightened of me. 
The moon is frightened of me. Even the moon is frightened of me. As he crosses his arm and stares up at the moon. (laughs) Sticks his nose up, staring at the sky. They will pay thousands, millions of dollars for this technology. Like, he starts, like, really getting into it. But and then he like insults her father's intelligence. Like, well, maybe he can help get you back. They're like, huh, he has that brain equal to a tapeworm. A tapeworm, a maggot. <laughs> but then he looks outside and sees all the police arriving outside. There's like an army of them gathering outside yeah. of this place. And they're doing what? Hands across America to catch him. <laughs> yes, they all link their hands. We are the world. Oh, that's different. But same thing. Yeah. And Jack's leaving. And on the way out, he tells Kemp, I'll kill you tomorrow night. 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. <laughs> which I love that he just so paints because even later says, you know what I went through to keep my promise to kill you at 10 o'clock? <laughs> yes, but he gets to the police line, literally their big holding hand circle, and he gets behind one. Well, there's a few that feel like, like bonk in there. He twists one of their nose, bonks one on the head. One of them's like, ooh, it's like, what happened there? It's like, he twisted my nose, sir. But he gets behind one. He's and like dragging drags him. him away. And you, that's one where with the Blu-ray you can see the wire pulling yes. him a little bit. But he's dragging him away. He steals his pants. He steals his pants and gets away. And then we cut it's it's a nothing scene, but the funniest moment in this movie <laughs> is just a pair of pants skipping. Skipping singing at this lady. Dancing and singing at this lady as she is running in terror from the lone pair of pants that are skipping after her. Here we go now, gathering nuts and may, nuts and may, nuts and may. <laughs> uh, there's still search parties out the next day, and if you get thrown over the cliff. Oh, yeah, where he like throws, he's like, bonks him on the head. He's like, happy to find me, aren't you? Oh, you're not happy now. Whoop, there you go. He pushes him over the cliff, everyone, because he screams, of course. So everyone rushes. He's like, oh, you want to go with your buddy? Pushes him off the cliff, too. Yes. <laughs> then he crashes a train. He pulls a oh lever to God. switch the tracks. I have a huge question, though. <laughs> Why is there even a lever that just sends the train flying over a cliff? It's just, like, right at the bridge. It derails it. But, yeah, he... Uh, keeps his promise to derail trains is yes. one of his things. But it's just so great because he like smashes the conductor person or whatever over the head with a lamp. Yes. And yeah, he pulls like two switches, which is the crash the train switches right by the bridge. <laughs> and then he robs a bank. And this is the funniest bank oh my robbery God. because even if he was visible, I feel like he would have got away with this the yeah. way no one's paying attention. Because just takes out, like, a drawer of money and jewels and coins and, like, walks with it floating past everybody. No one pays any attention. Yeah. And then opens the door, but then, like, Robin Hood style just throws it out into the street for everyone to get. Like, I think that he was, like, expecting everyone to be like, oh, my God, a floating cash drawer. But no one even noticed. It's like when I turned 18, I went to go buy my first pack of cigarettes. And you don't get carded? And they didn't card me. And I went, you... I just got my license here. And I gave it to them. They're like, oh, okay. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I could have been doing this all along. But I love, like, he's just like, courtesy of the invisible man, here you go. Like, throwing all the money on the ground. Yeah, he throws, it's a bunch of coins, though. There's some cash, but it's a lot of coins. (laughs) Um, The police are making this plan, because this is the day that he said he's going to kill Kemp at 10 o'clock. And it's kind of convoluted, but what it comes down to, pretty much, is they're going to get Kemp to the station, then they're going to put Kemp into police clothes, yeah. sneak him into a car with other uniformed officers, drive him away, drop him off at another house in a car, and he'll drive away. 
why did they do that step? I know why the movie did that step to get the visible yeah. man and Kemp alone. But why didn't he just stay with the cops and drive away 10 exactly. miles? Exactly. The cops couldn't just hung out with him the rest of the night? No, because we see where, like, when the plan goes into effect, when they pick him up with, like, they get surrounded by nets and, like, walk him into the police station. It is funny. There's a whole bunch of them all wearing a net pretty much together it's so no so one can great. sneak in. And even the Invisible Man's like, ah, pretty uh, smart there, but you can't out-trick the Invisible Man. Woo-hoo! hee yeah, And he, he's like, going full crazy at this point. He sneaks back into the house, Kemp's house. And, of course, when they drop him off and he gets in his own car, I'm like, the Invisible Man's there. Yes. Like, of course. It was almost a good plan. And then they put loose soil on the wall around the station. (laughs) So when the Invisible Man comes over, he'll, like, knock some of the dirt down and everything. And then all the cops at the station are armed with ink-spraying guns. Yeah. And so when a cat jumps up on the wall and knocks some dirt down, like, oh, there it is! And he can't see, but he sprays this cat with ink and the cat jumps down. Like, there's four people spraying this poor cat. (laughs) Which I'd like to pretend is okay, and it's not the usual 1930s style of treating animals. Yeah. And they didn't actually spray it with ink. I'm sure they did. No, it's fine. (laughs) But the plan's carried out, and Kemp is dropped back off at his own car and everything, and he gets in. He's driving away all happy. It's almost 10 o'clock, and he survived. But then Jack's in the back. You can hear him start talking to him. Well, he's it's great because he's like, I followed you through the police station. I was there when you changed. I had to ride in the back of this cursed car in the cold to keep my 10 o'clock promise. <laughs> but he ties him up and puts him back in the car, puts it in neutral, and pushes the car over a cliff. And you just see this car rolling down, exploding, catching on fire. It's so amazing for the 30s of, like, this is, like... Half an action movie. A lot of the effects are great. Like, these were, like, no joke, peak of cinema effects at the time. Yeah. But it's cool just to see the old-style car, like, catch on fire and explode <laughs> over a cliff. <laughs> Jack goes into a barn and falls asleep in the hay. Rolling the hay. Rolling the hay. <laughs> but the farmer comes out and hears snoring, and can kind of see him tossing and turning in the hay. He just, like... I love the farmer runs to the police. It's like, there's breathing in me barn! They're like, there's breathing in your barn. Yeah, it's the Invisible Man. He'd be breathing in my barn. <laughs> and, by the way, right here it starts snowing pretty bad. Yeah, and, but they also then turn into everyone's dad when the weather starts happening. Of They're, like, tracking the storm. Yes. They're like, bring uh, towns that have already had the snow. How was it for them? Did it stick <laughs> around? <laughs> But they go to this guy's barn, and they surround it. Like, they have a oh. full army here, pretty much. And this guy is getting the thousand-pound reward. Yes. But they're also going to burn his barn down. So I wonder if there's a part of him that was like, fuck, I wish I hadn't told him, because now they're going to burn my barn I down. I wonder if they still compensate him for the barn plus the thousand? Or they're like, yeah, no, you got to take that out of the thousand. That's what you, I'm you guessing. You still owe money at the end of this. Yeah. But they... Light the barn on fire, and Jack wakes up with all this madness. He goes outside, and they can see the footprints, and they shoot him, and you can see him fall over in the snow. You don't see him yet, you see, like, the outline and everything. Yeah. And then, in most Universal movies would have ended right Right there. there, The way they always abruptly end. He's meddled with God's domain. (laughs) But they cut to the hospital. He's dying, and they let Flora go in, because, like, he doesn't have much longer left. And he talks to her for a second, pretty much, yeah. and dies. And well, it's cool, because the way... Oh, I was going to say, he reappears, but yeah. he, like first he becomes a Halloween skull from Dollar Tree. 
And then, like, the muscle reforms and whatnot. And we finally see Claude Rains' actual face for the first time in the whole movie. For about five seconds. Yes. And then the end. But that was actually a really good ending. I liked it. It's like at the end of Bride of Frankenstein, when there's just the pull the lever to destroy the castle. Yes. Why is that there? I don't know. Plot convenience. <laughs> we don't know how to end a movie. Yeah, that's Invisible Man. Fun pick. Yeah, thank you. I always enjoy picking a universal movie. Yeah. It's through October, too, so we hope you guys liked it. Oh, yes. Yeah, very spooky black and white movies put on the dead of night. Think about what you would want to do as an invisible person. Keep it to yourself. I don't need to hear that. Yeah, just a lot of running around naked. Definitely move to the right area. Yeah. Don't live where we live. Be in, like, Louisiana. Location's very important. Yeah, warm. Yes. Um... I think that's all I got. You ready for Count of the Dead? Yes, it gets into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Are the throwing horror Count of the Dead where tally up all the deaths in the movie? Where do you think we go with the Invisible Man? The caveats I'll give you. I couldn't count the, the train crash because right. I have no idea how many people were on the train. Well, they said they just throw out there a number of like 20 people died or something. One of these 20 people were thrown over the edge and I can't, I'm only counting the ones we saw get thrown over. But in other movies, we've heard a number oh, like yeah. that and we haven't counted them. Usually yeah. it's just what we see. Yeah, for the most part. You know, um, we change rules as we want. I'm going to guess six. Very close. We got five. Oh, okay. Not bad for a Universal movie either. Yeah. Some brutal ones, too. Like, the cop just got his head caved in. It, it is brutal in For story. Universal. Okay, yes. Think yes. about that time. Yes. There's train crashes, car crashes. Someone got their head bashed in. Like, you don't hear that. Yeah, you're right. In movies. Yes, usually it's karate chops or smacks on the head. Yeah. Ooh, and they fall yes. down the stairs. Where we don't know they're dead or not. Exactly. That's great. Scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. So I'm going to do things you would do if you were invisible. And let's say the madness part has been cured. So you don't have to deal with the, I'm going to go crazy part. Okay. You just, you're Greg right now. Still in my right mind and everything. Invisible. Okay. So a number one version of things you would do if you're invisible, the worst thing. I mean, I would say just sitting around your house. Not, yeah, doing, not any, doing anything. Not taking advantage of it. Yes. Um, Number ten version, the best thing to do. I mean... Think about all the drive-ins you could sneak into. Cons you could just sneak into. I mean, bank robbery, and then you don't need to sneak into any of these places. Well, I was trying to not go right to just Come on, bank, rob the bank. Let's be real, it's bank robbery. Come on now. Rob the bank, yes. Um, I was trying to think, of, I was like, if Cisco or Ebert were still alive, prank them. Yes. Rob the bank. Maybe still just go like pee on their grave. You could do that visible. That but, works. Yeah, there you go. And rob the bank. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rob Banks, sure. <laughs> I'm going to give Invisible Man 9.5 out of 10. I extremely love this movie. There's a little bit of it that it's more of a comedy in parts, yeah. which I love. They, they pump up the humor in this one more than most. And this one is like, boom, boom, boom. Like, it doesn't really stop. No, which I appreciate. But there's just some character things and some little write-around things. Like the part where he turned visible again after he's dead yeah. sure but not to say why that half was there the t nine and a half part of claude rains is amazing james whale coming back he can almost do no wrong like this is there's a reason i watch this movie so much it's just so much fun 
And it's only like an hour and ten minutes long. That I love that, especially with dealing with all these. Yeah, and they pack so much into that. Yeah, for sure. I went seven things I would do Invisible out of ten. Okay. I really like it, passing. Yeah. One I go back to the least out of the Universals, but I still really okay. like it. Um, Universal, I think Creature might be my I mean, least. technically Phantom of the Opera is technically, the least, but as far as all the other ones, it's probably Invisible Man. Yeah. But no, it was really fun. I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, me too. More Universal. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Well, unless you have anything else, man. No, that's about all I got. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying Throbtober. Um, however much we end up doing, and we hope that the Invisible Man has left your brain throbbing with horror. Well, wasn't that a wild and wacky episode? If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, you can also support the show by going onto our Tee Public site and checking out any kinds of the merch that we have on there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that TikTok thing those kids are on, and YouTube. Just search Throbbing with Horror and look for our pumpkin. And remember to throb on.